got some money burning a hole in your pocket from that fat tax return you're getting back this year, I have a great way to help you spend it. Head over to Capital Costumes on Etsy. Etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Capital Costumes. C-A-P-I-T-O-L-C-O-S-T-U-M-E-S. And pick up a sweet 3D printed horror video game or just pop culture in general piece of artwork. The stuff is the best. So again, go to etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash capital costumes. C-A-P-I-T-O-L-C-O-S-T-U-M-E-S. Tell them I sent you. And use the code XHRPODCAST for 15% off your order. So as you know, doing a podcast is a labor of love. We love you, and you love to listen to us. If you'd like to love us a little more, you can visit our newly created Patreon at patreon.com forward slash XHRPODCAST. And consider maybe donating to the show. You get some cool stuff in return, so it's not for nothing. Or you can visit our Tee Public store. Order up a shirt, a mug, a sticker, a magnet, a pillow, a mask, a phone case, you name it. Head on over to our Tee Public store and pick something up for yourself today. The easiest way to get there is to go to our Instagram page, XHR underscore podcast. Click the link tree in the bio and get to it that way. I'd like to give a very special shout out to our first patron, Mark, from a podcast on Elm Street. Thank you, Mark, for being our first. Bonjour, Goreheads, and welcome to another episode of the Extreme Horror Replay Podcast. And sitting to my left, I have my stunningly beautiful wife, Nancy, with me. <laughs> and today we have actually a... We have a good one, I think. Uh, we covered this movie way, way, way back in the very beginnings of our show. Um, this was probably close to three years ago, if not a little bit more. But we'll get to that part in a minute. I have a would you rather. It's not really a would you rather, but I think it will be a thought-provoking icebreaker, maybe, mm -hmm. I think. And this kind of boils down to Kark's pick from a couple <laughs> weeks ago. And actually, for some reason, uh, the movie Seven has been in my sight recently. The radar. Yeah, radar, yes. So, my question for you, my would you rather, or my icebreaker, if you had to pick one of the seven deadly sins to die from, which one would you pick, and how would your death come from that sin? Oh, okay. So there's like... So there's there's sloth, gluttony, sloth, gluttony, envy, wrath, greed, pride, and the last one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the last one? Sloth, greed, pride, envy, wrath. I think did you already say gluttony? Did I? I don't know. Okay. Sloth, greed, wrath, pride, envy, gluttony, and <laughs> the last one. I really don't. I, I choose the last 
What is the last one? Um, Vanity. That's Pride. Okay, I'm think. Okay, I'm thinking of the movie. The big guy dies from gluttony. Mm-hmm. The guy dies in the bed from sloth. Mm-hmm. The lawyer dies from greed. Mm-hmm. The model that had her nose cut off was Pride. Mm-hmm. Lust. Duh. Okay. Okay. How the hell could we forget lust? Okay, so it, <laughs> so it's greed, pride, wrath, sloth, gluttony, envy, and pride. I, lust was not on there. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. You know what they are. Okay. So which one would you pick, and and how would you die in in that scenario? Is it because of the sin, or is it just like happenstance that the sin happened and I also died? Well, let's say, for example, you are out to dinner and mm-hmm. you overeat yourself and you you happen to die from, like, choking on something. So, technically, you died because you were glutton. Um, or I, I find that an interesting one that you chose for me. Like, I would just, like, well, pig out at a restaurant. I was just going in order of the... <laughs> The sins in the movie Seven. Okay, then let's say you are you're at an orgy and you get too excited, um, and you you die because of a heart attack from having too much sex, which would be lust. So, <laughs> well, I guess that would be mine because that's the way I want to go. <laughs> you're not an orgy person. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but it doesn't necessarily have to be an orgy, right? No. And I guess lust isn't really a sin if it's like if your only partner is the person you're married to. That is true, but you can be lustful for your partner. Yeah, but how would that be a sin? Uh, oh, yeah, I guess that makes it. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so the six deadly sins. <laughs> <laughs> I guess greed. I'd love to win the lottery and. Like, use my money to go on, like, around-the-world trip and the plane crashes? I don't know. I don't know. You win the lotto. Greed. You win the lotto. I don't play the lotto, but... Right. Okay, so you win the lotto and you're greedy with the money. Mm Mm-hmm. You are... But I wouldn't be greedy with it. Having sex on a pile of money, lustful, um... You still don't have enough money like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, so you're envious of their fortune. No, you know what I'm going to say? <laughs> and this is in all honesty because I know myself. It would be gluttony if I died from eating only McDonald's french fries for the rest of my life. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's a fair answer. Okay. <laughs> so, you, yeah, you could definitely die from a heart attack from eating too many McDonald's french Especially fries. Especially if I had... The hot mustard that I like with it because <laughs> <laughs> because I have GERD and <laughs> that's gonna also so all that acid reflux would kick back on you and like yeah, yeah. melt your esophagus mm-hmm. and then you'd bleed internally. But really, I mean, I I die happy. <laughs> okay, fair answer. How um, about you? Oh, I'm dying in an orgy. <laughs> <laughs> you wish. <laughs> <laughs> Does it count as an orgy if I'm using all of my fingers? <laughs> Ouch. Sting. <laughs> Is that for you or for me? I, I guess for an you. orgy for me would be both hands. 
and a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> I told you not to bother me. I'm cleaning my room. Yeah. So, I, okay. Honest answer. Uh, oh, boy. I would think probably pride. Um, but not for like the... Not for like the scenario in the movie where the woman has her nose cut off. Despite her face. Despite her face. And she has to choose between the sleeping pills to kill herself or use the phone to call for help. I think in the situation for me, it would be prideful trying to protect you or the kids from something. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> that is such a crock of shit. You can't use that. Why not? Because it's a sin. What I said was actually okay. something you can't be all like, oh, I, I would, okay, I, I'm, I'm prideful because I want to take care of my family. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Nice fine. try. Okay. So then, yeah, I would die in an orgy. <laughs> <laughs> How in the hell I would you even get in an orgy? I don't know. Um, you don't go anywhere. You're dead from you don't do all, anything. Okay, you're dead from eating all the McDonald's French fries, and so I'm just trying happen. to live my life. That could, <laughs> <laughs> that could actually happen. Okay. We're talking about like realistically. I, uh, orgy. I didn't give this any thought. That's not any more believable <laughs> than <laughs> than the pride thing. Okay. Honestly, I really didn't give this any thought. <laughs> I just came up with the question. Um. So, okay, so what do we have? Envy, greed, pride, wrath. Okay, I, uh, I would, if, if, for me, it would probably be wrath. Because you loved someone too much, or? <laughs> <laughs> I would probably end up getting into a fight. Over your family being protected? And get killed. <laughs> Protecting your family. Yes. <laughs> I don't know, man. I you like are to eat. So full of shit. I like to eat too, so it would probably be gluttony. <laughs> I don't know if it would be as specific as the McDonald's French fries, but oh yeah, probably. What what's something that I really mow down you, on? You could you Nachos. could die. You could die from eating beef jerky. <laughs> 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 the sodium. Probably nachos. Nachos. I love nachos. I make the nachos like What's-His-Face does in Step Brothers. That's why your cholesterol is, is high. Probably. <laughs> hey, everybody, I'm dying of high cholesterol. I want to change mine. I died of eating too much salad and health foods. <laughs> Turned into a rabbit and got shot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, mine would probably be gluttony from eating too much of something. All right, that... That's realistic. Yeah, yeah. Other whatever. shit you tried to pass. It was, it was passable. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way you're ever going to be in an orgy. <laughs> I told you both hands at once. <laughs> <laughs> I I do like the pride how you tried to like frame it so that you're like got the little halo over your head. <laughs> <laughs> it was my question. I'll answer it how I want to. <laughs> You can tell you had that one like like in your back pocket. I was more going for the orgy one. In hopes that I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't oppose that one. You shouldn't have. I was protecting you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I died of gluttony because I ate my words. 
gonna eat my fist if you don't <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <sighs> okay, that was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> so we're both dying from gluttony. Yeah, that's really sad. <laughs> that, that makes me rethink like my whole diet and my whole outlook on life. Thank you. It's a good question though, wasn't it? Yeah, now we're gonna be eating healthy for a while, so <laughs> you got that lentil soup. Ugh. No, I'm no. making it. What was it? No, it was it chickpea was and chickpea and spinach. Popeye. <laughs> okay, yeah. So the movie that we covered, we covered way, 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 way back. Like, yeah, it was about three years ago, and I think it was our probably third or fourth episode. Um, again, this one is no longer out there because I deleted them all. They sounded like hammered shit. Um, that was back when we were just using one mic recording at our, at our dinner table. Yeah, the kitchen table. Yeah, and... You know, we'd usually have the movie on in the background and we'd talk over it so you could hear the music and everything. And it was it was bad back then. I think we've gotten better. I hope we've gotten better. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I do that out loud. Yeah, yeah, you did. But yeah, that movie that we are referencing is Inside from 2007. It does score a 6.7 on IMDb. And right off the bat, this movie, if you've never seen it, I mean, we watch it like, well, we've seen it three or four times, right? Yeah, I would say we've seen it like three or four times. The first time was when you were pregnant with Nash. Mm -hmm. The second time was shortly after Nash was born. Mm -hmm. And then we watched it for the show and then again for the show. Right? Yeah. 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 So we've, yeah, we've seen it about four times. Um, and this is one of those movies I think that sticks with us a little bit just because of how, like, no pun intended, gut punching it is. Well, yeah. I mean, this was one of those movies that obviously we're, we remembered. Yeah. And I'll be very interested to see what your gore score is for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Mark my words, you're going to argue with it. I probably will. <laughs> okay. Okay, so the movie starts out, the first thing you see is a really bad CGI baby or fetus in the womb. You hear this car crash, and then the CGI baby gets jostled. I don't, I mean, obviously they couldn't use a real baby for this, but I think they needed to up their budget for the graphics because the the baby was not really what you'd call well done. No. No. So, <laughs> it was amateur hour. It, it, it was. Um, come to find out, I mean, I, yes, there was a car accident. And the woman wakes up who's driving. Her husband is dead in the car next to her. And in the next scene, it's like three or six months later, something like that. And she's at the doctor's office. Talking to the doctor about, okay, when can I schedule the C-section for? Says, okay, you come in the next day or, you know, whenever it is. Mm. And then, and this is something we brought up the first time, was that Sarah, who's the main character, goes out to the waiting room. She's waiting for a ride. And this old-looking nurse ratchet type woman comes up and sits next to her. 
bag. And not only is the, the nurse smoking in the hospital, but she's telling Sarah about how when she gave birth, the birth took took like, I don't know, eight, twelve hours, whatever it was, and then the baby was born dead anyway. I hate when people like that give you unsolicited advice. <laughs> I think you have an example that you're going for. Mm, I'm sure it's happened. <laughs> like somebody's boyfriend who likes to chime in. Mm, yeah. She doesn't listen, so. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you learn that Sarah's a photographer and she works for a newspaper. And she's out at this park and she's snapping pictures of this lovely family out, you know, playing with their, their the mom and the dad are playing with the kids or the kid. And her back in the days when you actually needed a camera to take a really good picture. Yeah. <laughs> Not just a cell phone. Now you can take pictures yeah. of the moon with your cell phone and it's better than, you know, any, any picture, well, not any picture, but most camera photos. So her editor comes up and sits down next to her and she's telling him about how, She'll need a ride home from the hospital after the baby's born. And he says, okay, yeah, you know, I'll do it. And again, this is a, a subtitled movie. It is French. Sarah is knitting. Is it knitting or crocheting? I think she was knitting. Knitting. So she's knitting a scarf or a sweater for presumably the baby. And she falls asleep. And as she's sitting there in the chair, she starts. Wait, wait. Yeah. Why would she be knitting a scarf for the baby? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I get. I guess probably a blanket would be more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Knitting a scarf for the baby. <laughs> yeah, now that you mention it, yeah. I'm just trying to think of things that were knitted. So yeah. So she's either knitting or crocheting a blanket. <laughs> For the baby. <laughs> and <laughs> so she falls asleep in the chair and she starts dreaming. And she, like, and in the dream, she hops up and she's got this, like, white, like, milky, goopy vomit. She starts vomiting out. And then just before she wakes up, you see the baby start to come out of her mouth. And, of course, you know, then she snaps awake. And, and so as she's kind of recovering from this dream, someone knocks on the door. And Sarah gets up. She goes to the door. She's looking. She she sees this person outside the door, but you can't see who it is. The, the person is backlit. So it's basically just a silhouette standing at the peephole. And she asks for... Well, originally she says that her car broke down and she needs to come in and make a phone call. And Sarah's like, oh, there's a phone, you know, down the road or whatever. And then and then finally the person at the door says, Sarah, I know it's you. You can, you know, open the door and let me in. And then you're like, okay, so something's going on here. But mm -hmm. you still don't know who or what is at the door or who is at the door. The woman moves around to, or the, yeah, the woman, you, you do learn, is a woman. Uh, <laughs> she moves around. Thanks for clarifying yeah. that. She moves around to the side of the house, to the, like, 
the sliding or bay windows or whatever, the sliding door. Freaky looking old dad. And now, okay, here in Michigan, we call it a sliding door. No, no, no. We call it a door wall. Did we call it a door wall? Yeah. Okay, let me restart that. Here in Michigan, we call it a door wall. But it's a sliding glass door everywhere else. Okay, so it's a sliding glass door. And that's a question I have for all of our listeners out there. We call it pop. I know everybody else calls it soda. Um, We say party store instead of convenience store. Yeah. Like, what are your little things? Let us know in the comments when, when we finally put this up on Instagram. If you have words that, you know, like Michiganders use that you don't, or vice versa, or whatever. Let us know what those are, whatever they may be. Because I know we have listeners from Minnesota and Wisconsin, and uh, we got some Upers up in, you know, the n- northern Michigan. We got some Canadian listeners, some uh, Scottish and Irish listeners. That was really bad. Scottish and Irish <laughs> listeners. A lot of listeners from the UK. A couple Aussies listening. But um, yeah, if you got something, you know, that's just a little slang saying slang saying uh let us know what those are anything it can be anything it doesn't matter so this woman goes around she's harassing sarah and she's knocking on the window she's punching the window trying to break through the glass sarah calls the cops the cops finally arrive and as the cops are talking to sarah la femme as you learn the woman's name to be sneaks in somehow and cops leave and this is where the like the the gruesomeness the 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 violence really starts mm-hmm. um the cops leave Sarah goes upstairs to her bedroom and she lays down on the bed and <laughs> one thing Nancy can attest to being pregnant five times is that if you are as pregnant as Sarah is, it is not possible or i mean it's possible, but it's not. It's, easy. it's not comfortable, nor is it advisable to sleep on your back. Because <laughs> you got a lot of weight pressing on your, not, I mean, your bladder and your belly and mm-hmm. and everything. So. <laughs> you just can't do it. I mean, when you're that pregnant, it just. It would be uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like having like, like a big sack of flour on your stomach when you're trying to sleep. I would say more a bowling ball, a 14 pound bowling ball. Because you figure if the baby weighs seven, eight pounds. We'll say a big bag of dog food. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, this La Femme is... I like how you're telling me what I should choose when you have never had a, a child growing in you. I have a food baby every it, day of the week. Okay, it's like a bag of dog food. A very heavy <laughs> bag of dog food. All right. 15 pounder? Well, yeah. Well, you, you have to factor in the the uh, weight of the baby. Right. The weight of all of the amniotic fluid. The weight of the amniotic sac. And um, the increased blood flow to your stomach, your abdomen. That all adds up. Okay. No, I've never been pregnant. It would it would be very uncomfortable to lay to sleep <laughs> on your back when you're that pregnant. Nobody does that. And they always do it in the movies. Nobody does that in real life. Right. You're always laying on your. In fact, and I can't even got those big body pillows that you. Yeah, I I can't even like sleep when I'm not on my sides anymore because I am so used to sleeping 
on my sides from being pregnant. There was a long period of time where Nancy was pregnant almost constantly. Yeah. <laughs> Our two boys, uh, Griffin and CJ, are only 11 months apart. So she was basically pregnant for 16, mm. 17 straight months. Yeah, that was, that was rough. <laughs> um, so anyway, LaFemme comes in and she's walking through the house. And again, Sarah is asleep in her bedroom, albeit on her back. And LaFemme starts rooting through the baby's stuff. She's smelling the baby's clothes. She's rooting through, you know, like the diapers and the onesies and all that kind of stuff. Super creepy. And she goes into the bathroom. She's rooting through the drawers, looking through the cabinets. And she pulls out these giant... And from way back on our original Inside episode, uh, was it Things Remembered? The Things Remembered scissors? Yeah, they were gigantic. <laughs> they were huge. Like, nobody would ever need a pair of scissors that big in their, their medicine cabinet. <laughs> Super scissors. Yeah. Um, They're like a foot, a foot long. Not quite hedge clippers, but yeah, big, big scissors. Um, I don't know what you would cut with that. <laughs> like being in the bathroom, but well, they they look like the old fashioned scissors that like you would use in school. <laughs> they look like the scissors that you would use for a rib a ribbon cutting ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> they were bright, bright chrome and shiny and yeah. you know nice looking. It was a fine looking pair. Of scissors. <laughs> <laughs> so she finds the scissors. She finds a jar of alcohol, and she. Dips the scissors into the alcohol, and then she goes into the into Sarah's bedroom, and she takes these scissors and she slowly runs them down Sarah's belly, and then she takes she opens them up, she takes the point of it, and she literally like pokes it into Sarah's belly button, mm, and it's hard to watch. Like that one, stomach trauma. I don't know. I can do eyes. I can do fingernails. I can do teeth. Stomach trauma makes me cringy. Hmm. Well, I can tell you, um, and I don't think I'm I'm wrong on this, but if you're pregnant and somebody cuts into your your belly button when you're <laughs> with large scissors like that, it's not going to be pleasant. No, and you likened it to the uh, the snap of like a a skinned hot dog or sausage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a snap of a Kogel's hot dog. <sighs> bad it's really bad <laughs> so obviously at the 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 snap of the scissors into her belly sarah wakes up and she clocks lafemme in the face with a uh, lamp that was next to the bed and she escapes into the bathroom and then of course her water breaks so sarah is now trapped in the bathroom um the editor gentleman and you never really learn like if he's like a new love interest or if he's just a concerned friend or if he's just an editor or whatever but you know, you know he's like somebody that cares about her yes yes yeah but you never learn if there's anything like more yeah, to romantic it. or so, anything to it um they kind of allude that he would like a romantic thing but she was just she's pregnant and she's still trying to get over her husband yeah 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 so he shows up and he thinks that LaFemme is Sarah's mom. And she's plying him with drinks. 
Yeah, um, she's she's saying that she's she's Sarah's mother. Right. And it, he has no reason to think that she's lying. Well, right, because he's never met her. Yeah. Or the actual mother. And, you know, she says, oh, yeah, Sarah's upstairs sleeping. We don't want to wake her, whatever. And then she's giving him drinks, wine or whiskey or whatever. And then the real mother shows up and the jig is kind of up. So mm-hmm. he's like, you know, the, the real mom says, hey, like, who the fuck are you and who the fuck are you? I'm Sarah's mom. What are you guys doing here? And the editor says, well, I'm here to check on Sarah. I'm her, you know, boss or editor or whatever. And then she, the mother goes upstairs. And now keep in mind that Sarah's still up in the, be- in the bathroom. And the mother comes up the stairs and she turns down the hall and she doesn't say anything. She doesn't call out Sarah's name. She doesn't, you know, like she doesn't make her presence known to Sarah. Mm -mm. So as soon as she gets to the bathroom door, Sarah opens the door, takes this giant ass, like porcupine quill looking knitting needle or something and sticks it right into the mother's neck. And of course, you know, the, the look of shock on Sarah's face and the look mm-hmm. of shock on the mom's face. She pulls the needle out and the blood starts like squirting against yeah. the wall. And the mother's like, yeah. oh, what'd you do? And Sarah obviously thought it was, it was. La Femme. Yeah. And obviously she was like devastated when she, she acted on her impulses and it turned out to be her mom. And that's. So who do you blame in that situation? Sarah for stabbing her or the mom for walking upstairs and keeping her damn yapper shut? Um, I would blame the old bag that's pretending to be the mom because... She wasn't part of the situation. No, she didn't have to be, though. In my scenario, she's not part of the situation. She... Who do you blame? The mom for not saying Sarah anything? Thought, Sarah <laughs> thought that it was the old bag. Right. And it wasn't. It was a different old bag. But it was her mom. Right, but she didn't know that. So right. what I'm saying So Sarah's is, innocent. The mom is innocent. She's just going to see how her daughter is. And then you got the old bag that's... <laughs> but shouldn't the mom have said, like, hey, Sarah, it's me. Like, where are you at? I guess it depends on the relationship that she has with her daughter. How often she, she visits and, you know, if it's, if it's normal for her to just, like, be in the house and... Okay. You'd have to like, yeah, I, it would have to depend. I, just, I, I wouldn't blame, I wouldn't blame, blame the pregnant woman. And I also wouldn't blame the mother. I would blame the, the situation, which would be the old bag's fault. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I say old bag, she's not really that old, but she is. Like, she's got a rough. She's a hag. She's got a very rough face. Yeah. It's, I mean, you look at her, obviously she's going to be a villain in a movie. She's not going to be, you know, playing Mary Poppins. <laughs> so, so, yeah, the mom is dead. The editor that back downstairs is still with La Femme. And he goes running or starts to run upstairs to see what's going on. Because he, now they hear the screaming. And as he's going up the stairs, La Femme sneaks up behind him. Takes the scissors, cuts his Achilles tendon. Are you going to sneeze? Oh. Cuts his Achilles tendon. He falls over on the stairs. Then she takes the, the knife, or the scissors. She takes the scissors, and she jams them into his balls. 
and she's twisting and torquing and just like you know getting all up in there with these scissors as if people couldn't hate her enough now she's trying to get every like male that watches the movie hate her (laughs) she got into every nook and cranny with those scissors and then she takes the scissors and she like he i think what she cuts his neck right she like opens up the scissors and slices his neck and of course the editor now is dead Lafemme goes upstairs, Sarah locks herself back in the bathroom, and one thing that we never mentioned was that there was a cat in the house. Lafemme takes the cat, she's petting the cat, petting the cat, petting the cat. She says something, I don't even know. And she ends up snapping the cat's neck. So now there's dead mom, a dead cat, and a and a dead editor. There's one thing that you didn't mention that's probably noteworthy. Um the fact that the bathroom is completely white, and they do that in a lot of movies when there's going to be bloodshed. Yeah, it, well, yeah, the bathroom is kind of used like Sarah's safe haven. Yeah, her sanctuary. Uh, and and you kind of just know in a movie like this that when there's a bathroom that's like all white, something's going to happen. Yeah, and, and and it's like, it's it's lit really weird, like with like fluorescent tube lighting. So it kind of gives off like a, like a hospital like. Yeah, it's like a glowy white kind of yeah. hue to it. But I mean, and obviously at this point, Sarah's water has broken. She stabbed her mother. Sarah's probably been stabbed, or you know, she's bleeding. So there's there's blood, this bright red blood against the bright white uh, walls and floor of this bathroom, mm-hmm. and it's it's really you know there's a, a shocking uh, juxtaposition. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now the cops arrive. Like I guess somebody else or more cops came to check on on Sarah. And one thing that we didn't mention, and this goes through the whole. This kind of ties into the whole new French extremity genre of films or subgenre of films. Back in the early 2000s, there was a lot of rioting going on because of corrupt politicians. There was, like, immigrant violence, and I believe a big part of it, there was, you know, there was riots because these immigrants came in, and I think, don't quote me on this, but something had to do with the fact that there were two uh, like Muslim immigrants that, that were in France and they were hanged for a crime that they didn't commit. So part of the violence and the riots and everything, in addition to the corrupt politicians and the and the lousy politics, had to do with the, the death of these two uh, Muslim boys or kids. And so, so this, there was... This is kind of like a backstory that kind of explains... Yeah, and so what they what the, what the French filmmakers did was use this um this violence and this this hatred and they they put it into their films. Um there's another movie, it's another new French extremities movie called Frontiers or Front Frontiers or something like that. But these riots also play a backstory in that movie as well. Um not so well high tension was also a new french extremities movie there is no riots in that movie or 
yeah, there is no riots in that movie, but it came out right around the same time. So I think the French filmmakers used the the riots and the violence in their films or just the violence in general right around this time frame. And there's your lesson for the day. <laughs> <laughs> so these cops are back, or more cops are back, I should say. And it's funny, there was there was three cops that came the first time and three cops that came the second time. But the second time, the three cops had a young man with them that was in the riots. And for whatever reason, they had him with him and they kept him in the car. Now, this is it. it when you're watching the movie, you, you kind of don't need this like political backstory. You don't really. Um, I mean, the, the, the guy that was in custody does play a small part in the film, but his reason for being there is not really important. It could just be anybody that was in well, yeah. custody. Maybe to like, like French people, it could be, I mean, they could like recognize what's going on, but it's like not necessarily like vital to the plot. No, not really. He's just another character. More more uh, fodder for the, or what is it, more? more Grist for the mill? Yeah. Yeah, we'll use that one. So, La Femme plays the part, again, of Sarah. Or not again. La Femme plays the part of Sarah as these cops come to check on her. And she's like, oh, you know, everything's fine. It was just a misunderstanding, whatever. And the cops leave. And then it dawns on them that, hey, wait, we were supposed to come and check on a pregnant woman. And the woman who just came to the door was not pregnant. So <laughs> so the cops come back into the house. And one of the cops goes up to check on Sarah because he hears her yelling. And one of the cops uh, stays down with La Femme. The cap that is downstairs... These, these idiot cops are not like... <laughs> They don't think that there's something shady going on. I find that really hard to believe, though. Well, they didn't catch on at first. I mean, it was only until they realized that she wasn't pregnant that they actually, but like... the old bag is wearing, like, a long black gown. Like, who does that when they're going to visit their pregnant daughter? Well, she... You know, at when the cops came back, she was acting as Sarah. Okay, but still, in a long black gown. <laughs> that didn't send off any like <laughs> red flags. Maybe she was a cosplayer. I don't know. <laughs> Just got back from the Renaissance. I, yeah, I know when I was pregnant, I always wore long black gowns. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the cop that goes up to meet Sarah, he finds her in the bathroom, and he yells down to the to the other cop that's downstairs, and as soon as he yells down. The cop says, okay, you know, the cop that's downstairs, he says, you know, pulls out his gun. He's like, oh, you hold it right there. Freeze. Don't move. Dirt back. And um, La Femme takes uh, another one of the knitting needles and sticks it in the cop's eye. <laughs> Obviously, he's down. Mm -hmm. La Femme takes his gun. The cop that just died takes his gun and goes upstairs to meet the other cop. And this is one of probably the better uh headshots in cinema 
because the guys she she shoots him in the head the dude's head just opens up like a watermelon being exploded and you know blast brain matter and and goop all over the walls like i well you said headshots and and entertainment headshots means a picture so it's kind of (laughs) like okay she shoots him in the head and his brain matter and goop goes all over the wall better like like a a head sh- a headshot effect or you know something to differentiate it from like the pictures that actors have taken of <laughs> get the fuck out of here. You know what I'm talking about. We're talking about horror movies. <laughs> so So now we got two cops down. Um the third cop and whoever this person in custody are are downstairs. And the cop comes, and th- it's kind of confusing. Okay, so uh, the cop needs a headshot. <laughs> cop gets shot in the head. I bet. I bet the cop has a headshot. Not anymore. Doesn't look anything like his picture. <laughs> so okay, the third cop and the person in custody, the guy in custody, are back downstairs now. The lights go out, and Sarah somehow attacks this guy the 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 third cop and one of the other things they had was this i had such a hard time finding it it's called a bulb gun bulb gun b-u-l-b and i guess what it is is like a strobe gun or it shoots like like i don't know flashing balls of light or something Hmm. and really hard to explain it's basically like a two inch tube attached to you know a handle and trigger and everything and it's got like these strobe bullets in it or something like a distraction or a something so like flares like kind of i i don't i maybe i couldn't really figure out what exactly what i i looked for what like 10 minutes online and yeah, couldn't I... find it so she shoots the cop in the eyes. There's there's two barrels side by side, and she shoots the cop in the eyes with these with this gun. And obviously he's blinded. And then she takes the scissors and she sticks the guy in custody in the head, buries the scissors up to the hilt in his head. And You know what I'm wondering at this? Hmm. In the US, cops have a taser. Mm-hmm. Do they not have tasers in France? Because that would be like there's like so many missed opportunities to use a taser. I would think they would have taser tasers. Well, that's what I, I would think. I, so. I, I would think that this whole well, obviously, it wouldn't make the story go and blah blah blah. But and like in reality, I I would think they'd have a taser to take the old bag down, like at the very <laughs> beginning. <laughs> I don't think she's any older than like. 45, she's 50. a she's a rotten woman and she deserves to be called an old bag she was rode hard and put away wet yeah yeah to say it nicely <laughs> rough tread of road <laughs> so but she sticks these scissors into this the the guy in custody into his head and of course he you know he falls to his knees and then he pulls out these scissors and he's it like she buries him in his head up to the handle yeah, you're not going to do that with scissors. It, and even if you could, he pulls the scissors out and he's like slashing at her basically blindly because he's 
I mean, obviously, you just got stuck in the brain. You're not going to be able to, like, penetrate the skull in that, like... You'd have to be really, really yeah. strong. It would have to come from, like, ten feet above, and you'd have to have, like, a super sharp ice pick. <laughs> <laughs> so, while La Femme is down in the, on the ground floor, Sarah is still upstairs, and she finally gets out of the bathroom, and for some dumb reason goes back into her bedroom to lay down. And yeah, why the hell she did that? I have no idea. <laughs> she's like she's fallen asleep even after all this trauma and the femme That's gets... what I would do if I knew that there was a killer in the house. I'd go lay in my bed and fall asleep. Well, yeah, like just, you know, let her take advantage yeah. of you or just something. Get, get a nice slumber. Maybe, maybe she'll leave. Yeah. On her own volition. Yeah. Start counting sheep. <laughs> So, so Sarah goes into her bed and she falls asleep. La Femme comes back upstairs and she's like sensuously kissing on Sarah. And yeah, what was that all about? I, we tried to figure that out the first time and it just, it never, we never really got a grasp on what was going on. A grasp? Grasp? <laughs> a grasp? A grasp. My lips are dry. Uh, maybe she's trying to like recreate like the um conception. Yeah, the love making that led to the conception. I mean, she's a whack job. We don't know what's going on in her whack job brain. She's a bit kooky. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, she's an old bag. <laughs> so she's senile too. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, you said she wasn't old. To me, that, okay, she's an old hag. Is that's better? Is it, is, is it appropriate? Is it culturally appropriate or politically correct to say senile anymore? Uh, I think it's dementia now, but... Um, mentally deficient? I should say this. The old hag might be the same age as me. I'm not saying that that she's old or young or whatever, but she comes across as a, a bitter old hag. <laughs> I think she was probably the same age as us when the movie was made back in 2007. Really? Possibly. I don't know. I think know. we're older than her? Oh, fuck yeah. No, 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 no. You said that she was the same age as us back in 2007. She, sorry, she's the same age as us now back in 2007. Oh, okay, okay. That yeah. makes more sense. Yeah, sorry. So, yeah, she would have been about 45 then in 2007. Now she's probably 60, whatever it is, 63. No, she's not any age now. But So, what do you mean she's not any age now? Spoiler alert. <laughs> she's she's not, dead. She's not dead in real life. No, but in the movie. We're talking about her character. No, I was talking about her in real life. Who the hell cares about her in real life? We're talking about the movie. <laughs> whatever. So anyway, she goes upstairs, La Femme does, Sarah's asleep on the bed, and she's kissing on Sarah. Sarah bites her lip and takes a giant chunk of her lip off. And again, this, like, why is she kissing on Sarah? Okay, who knows? Gross, creepy. So Sarah gets up, and she goes downstairs, and La Femme follows her down. They're fighting each other, and of course, remember, Sarah is still pregnant, and even though her water broke, she has not had the child yet. Um, so La Femme follows her downstairs, and they're fighting in the kitchen. 
And this is another one of those, like, what the fuck happens here? So they're fighting in the kitchen, and Sarah kind of gets the better of Lafemme, but Lafemme picks up a toaster, thwonks Sarah, thwonk? Thong? Like, thumps Sarah in the head, and Sarah falls to the ground. Like, now, why would she, like, make out with her and then throw a toaster at her head? Because <laughs> she's an old hag. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sarah's laying on the floor, and she's, like, choking on blood or coughing on blood. Something. I, I, we never really understood what happens here. But whatever happens, she can't breathe. So, again, she still has this knitting needle, and she takes it, and she sticks it into her throat and gives herself uh, a self tracheotomy and she's ble- you know breathing through this hole in her neck and like you can see the blood kind of like gurgling out of her neck and it's you know it's really kind of cool. a, it's kind of a like part of the movie because you know she she doesn't care about what's happening to her she just wants to make sure the baby survives is point one of your new favorite words you've used that in like the last three episodes i think i've only used it once before and it's a good word <laughs> Especially in a movie like this. Pretty sure you used it three times. Mm. Once to describe Sissy Spacek. Why do you hate me? (laughs) I don't hate you. I just love picking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't I don't hate you. I'm just picking. You get all the feedback. I get diddly dick. (laughs) (laughs) You want dick? No, I get diddly dick. I don't get anything for feedback. It's all about you. It's always about, oh, let's see what Nancy says about this. Nancy says about that. You're going to take this out, right? I'll take out the diddly dick part now. (laughs) (laughs) So so they're downstairs fighting. LaFemme goes to light a smoke, and Sarah grabs a bottle, like a spray bottle of of cleaner or bug spray or something. And as LaFemme is going to light up her smoke, Sarah sprays this whatever it is into LaFemme's face and the entire side of her face lights up. Kind of bad CGI with the fire and everything. I mean, obviously you can't really light the old hag's face on fire, but yeah. I, eh, they could have done a little better job with it. They did an okay job with the after effects, though, of what she would look like if she had gotten burned on half Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But the actual fire effect was yeah. kind of... But that'd probably be really difficult to... Left a little to be desired. Yeah. It will. It would be a hard effect to try to, you know, bring to life. Re. Re. Be a hard effect to recreate. Recreate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, yeah. This is where you discover... That LaFemme lost her baby in the same car crash that Sarah was in. Comes full circle. So apparently Sarah and LaFemme were in the same car crash. LaFemme lost her baby. Sarah did not. Very poignant. (laughs) Four. (laughs) And so this is why LaFemme is attacking Sarah because LaFemme wants Sarah's child and she knows she's obviously been watching Sarah and Sarah kind of starts flashing back to like all these pictures like, Oh, Hey, 
there's a picture from the park where La Femme is watching her. And, oh, hey, there was a picture from somewhere else, and La Femme was in the background of that picture. So La Femme has been watching Sarah this whole time and realizes that, A, her husband is dead, and apparently that Sarah doesn't really want the child because she feels it would be a reminder of her dead husband. Hmm. It's very poignant. It is, actually. <laughs> So profound. <laughs> Sarah finally gets up and she's walking towards the front door and the cop who you thought was dead or he's the cop who had his eyes blasted out. He gets up and he takes his billy club or his trunchkin and he starts wailing away on Sarah's belly. And this goopy, nasty mess of a sloppy something falls out of Sarah and lands on the floor with a wet squelchy thud thud (laughs) or plop yeah and then because this cop is fighting Sarah Lofem comes to Sarah's defense and sticks the cop in the side with this or like a light post like a, or a lamp post or something. Mm-hmm. She used up all the, the knitting needles. Yeah, but yeah those are <laughs> missing in action from use. <laughs> and, and like, okay, so Sarah climbs over to the stairs and La Femme follows her and, she, and Sarah says, you know, like, the baby's coming. Like, time is now. This, this is probably one of the most cringy worthy scenes in the whole movie the whole movie's bad but this is so sarah can't give birth to the baby she says it's stuck and la femme follows her up to the stairs and she takes these scissors and first she cuts away one layer of clothing and then she cuts away the second layer and then she's like okay i'm gonna help you so she takes these fucking scissors and she again sticks them into sarah's belly and like snip, 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 snip from like her belly button up to basically her like chest bone area. With not one minute of medical training. <laughs> and like after she gets the cut, she literally sticks her hands into the incision and mm-hmm. basically rips Sarah's belly open. And Sarah obviously is screaming in utter shock and pain. And well, she's gonna die of blood loss. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, La Femme pulls the baby out. Sarah is writhing in pain, I guess you could say. Well, yeah, her abdomen's cut open completely, yeah, eviscerated and in a non sterile atmosphere. And then Sarah dies. La Femme takes the baby. She goes and she sits down on a rocking chair. And she's just cuddling the baby, rocking in the chair. And the credits roll. It's like a Greek tragedy. Because nobody wins. Well, La Femme kind of did. I mean, she got Like she's going to be able to keep the baby. Oh, you killed the mom? You you took this baby out of her belly? Yeah, you can have the baby. Well, all the cops that were there are dead, so they're not going to tell anybody. 
she has no proof that she had the baby, first of all. Second of all, they've got a woman who was recently pregnant with her belly cut open. <laughs> okay, so maybe if they find Lefebvre. It is a Greek tragedy where everybody... <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wins. All right, fair enough. So what was your favorite scene in the movie? Uh, I'd have to say when um, the old hag gets... <laughs> Blowtorch, like, like crispy crittered, like half of her head, <laughs> like Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Yeah, yeah. It, I liked that because she had it coming. First of all, second of all, it was a cool effect. I guess it wasn't that great of a, of an effect, but it was pretty cool. And you especially like the aftermath. Yeah, where her yeah. Face was I, all I, like, I like I like the uh, crispity crunchity. The result. Yeah. See, for me, I'd have to say it was the final, like, scissors to the belly. Even though it was, I, I mean, obviously I've never been pregnant, but just that, like, the the snappy snip of the scissors through the skin and just, like, like you said, like a Kogel's skin hot dog. And Why would that, that be your favorite, though? It's brutal. So your favorite would be brutal? Yeah, why not? What? We're talking about a horror movie. Okay, all right, I'm just saying. <laughs> With all that being said, and this ought to be interesting, what is your gore score? My gore score? Gore, violence, and cringe. I, I cringed quite a few times during this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was when the the pregnant Sarah got, like, anything happened to her abdomen or her belly when she was pregnant, just because I've been pregnant, I would give this an eight. Only an eight? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not like eating shit like that one movie. <laughs> no, I get that. So an eight. Okay. You think this was slightly, or you think this was war, or not as bad as cutting off the clit in the Antichrist? Oh, wow. Yeah, it wasn't as bad as that. No? Okay. All yeah, right. for sure. I, uh, I will agree with your eight more than I agree with your six on split. you do you boo okay and then your overall score overall score rewatchability and entertainment i would get this a four only a four yeah because this isn't a movie that like i would i'm like let's let's watch this again well that's it's a movie that you would be all like remember that movie where the pregnant woman yada 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 so i would give it a four i guess yeah you wouldn't Put it on yourself. Okay. It wouldn't be on my radar. Radar. Radar? (laughs) Okay. All right. I I can agree with your assessments on these ones. This one, I won't argue with this one. Bless you. You're too good to me. You really are. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. I will give this a nine on the gore score. I mean, basically from start to finish or, or from like 30 minutes in to finish, the movie is nothing but blood. Yeah. You know, the editor getting stabbed in the balls with the scissors. The, the... I think it was kind of overkill with the blood. Well, I mean, there's going to be a lot of blood. I know there's going to be a lot of blood, but they're, if they know they're going to be cutting into the belly, I, don't, I just don't get it. There, there's more blood than needed to be to get the point across, in my opinion. Yeah, but you got, what, three cops dead, an editor, the mother, a cat, Sarah, and... That's a lot of blood. Don't wouldn't you think that cops would have like a some kind of 
something on their walkie-talkies that would let them know that they're in distress or they're not answering their walkie-talkies. So bring backup or something like that. Well, they're not firefighters. Yeah, I know. They're cops. Yeah, but I mean, if they're going if they're in trouble, they would call it in. Well, if they came to the house, it was already called in. Yeah, but they would call in too. I mean, maybe, you know, a couple hours down the road when they don't check in. Yeah. I feel like uh that this wasn't realistic when it comes to like police. Well, they fucking thought she was pregnant and then wasn't pregnant. I, and I, they brought I, their I, and they brought the guy in custody into the house like he was going to help. Okay, obviously I, I, not very okay. bright. So we're 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 sp- the takeaway is that <laughs> that French cops are complete morons. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then for my overall score, so yeah, my gore score I would say is a nine. My overall score I would say, I mean, it's not one I would put on yearly, but I would definitely watch it again. So for me entertainment and rewatchability is probably a 6.5 i think i would watch this maybe once every other year you know it's we should not... show it to jason oh god jason would <laughs> he'd need <laughs> a barf bag <laughs> jason would be out when sarah starts barfing up the baby <laughs> you know 20 minutes in <laughs> so yeah that's my those are my scores and 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 we're sticking to them i'm sticking to it and she's sticking to it so but yeah, you know, I, yeah, this is one of those movies we just wanted to redo it. We're not going to redo all our old ones, but this is one of those movies that I think kind of stuck out to us a little bit more than some of the older, older ones because, well, A, like we said, Nancy's been pregnant, you know, a few times. And it was one of my favorite episodes from way in the past. So we just wanted to redo this one. Well, you did. Okay. I just went along with it. Uh, all you do is complain um so but uh yeah if you're out there and you're listening it would be most swell if you rated and reviewed us uh give us those five stars on spotify and rate us and review us on um itunes uh, but you can find us on instagram at xhr underscore podcast you can find us, well, we do have a Patreon now. It is uh, patreon.com forward slash XHR podcast, all one word there in the end. And um, yeah, we do have t-shirts for sale with some really sweet designs. That, uh, not only t-shirts, but t-shirts, mugs, pillows, yeah. everything. Get your swag. Let's represent here. Yeah, let's, uh, yeah, put the word out there. Show your friends, you know. Um, anybody who's anybody has... An XHR t-shirt. <laughs> you're, you're a lameoid. A lameoid. <laughs> but some quick shout-outs to our friends, um, especially Mark being our, pa- our our first patron from a podcast on Elm Street, and his partner, Brooke. They do a good show out of Canada. You got uh, Nick and Andy uh, from Slash U Podcast. Um, the whole crew at the horror movie crew, um, we love horror podcast, our life and horror podcast, uh, oh, man. watching movies on the toilet. Oh, pff, duh. Yeah. Watching movies <laughs> on the toilet, man, just, I listen to a lot of shows and, and I really apologize if I don't mention your name, 
um but yeah there's a whole bunch out there let's talk horror um I, yeah, there's just so many i've got like 50 on my on my feed but anyway yeah i have been ben thank you for listening again please tell your friends you know suggest our show to them uh be safe happy travels and be good to each other and i will turn over the goodbyes to my lovely wife bye <laughs> <laughs> We could just say bye, y'all. I, 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 I like I, it. I like it. Okay, bye, y'all. Thank you. All right, we'll talk to you later, folks. Have a good night, good day, good week.